Well, as my wife mentioned, and as we know, um, Glenn was supposed to preach today. And because of the situation with the family and stuff, me and Glenn went ahead and switched Sundays. So he'll be preaching next Sunday instead of today. And um, we're praying and believing God for Pastor Heather and Roger as they're over in Europe right now in Wales, uh, visiting with Emmy and the kids and Tom and the extended family over there. So our prayers go out to them. Amen. I know Pastor was uh, very excited about being able to go there and uh, see the family. I don't think, um, has he ever met Tom's? No. So this is actually a big thing um, for them to go over there and actually meet the in-laws. So for the first time. So I'm sure he's excited. And as some of you know, pastor's excited about a lot of things. Amen. So, and uh, we love him because he is that way. Amen. Um, so I was praying and of course, I don't get to preach a lot here, so um, I always have things burning on the back burner, and uh, you know, I had a couple different things that I felt like God wanted me to preach on today, and I thought I had an extra week to kind of sift through it, but here we are, so, and the Bible tells us to be instant in season and out, amen? So I believe today is going to be a word that's going to encourage you, um, that's going to help you, and um, we're going to laugh along the way. We're going to believe God along the way. Amen. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, let's pray first before we get into the, the message. Heavenly Father, we just come in Jesus' name, and uh, we thank you and we praise you today. Um, we just love you. We honor you, Lord. Um, I pray that every person that's here would just receive from you, Father, um, even as we were praying for the beginning of the service, um, we were just asking that you just move by your spirit, that anyone who comes here with burdens, anyone who comes here with hurts and pains, if anyone comes here not knowing who you are as their personal Savior, we're just believing that you'll leave here changed in Jesus' name, that you'll not come here and leave unchanged, but you'll leave changed by the Spirit of God, that God will draw you to the foot of the cross that God will draw you to his blood today. And we just plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this service. We're believing for every heart to be open. And uh, praise and worship was fantastic. We thank you for the time that we had to worship you and to lift up who you are, Father. And uh, we pray that the service ends the same way, um, lifting you up and praising you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. So, um, as I said, I was praying about the service and stuff, and uh, God laid it on my heart and talk about Humpty Dumpty. So, how many of you here know who Humpty Dumpty is? How many of you ever heard the children's um, rhyme, Humpty Dumpty, right? How many of you remember that Humpty Dumpty? So, that's the Humpty Dumpty from, uh, from Shrek, right? But we know Humpty Dumpty, and you guys want to say the, the nursery rhyme with me real quick? So on the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. Amen. How many of you in your lives have ever felt like Humpty Dumpty? How many of you ever felt like, good Lord? Number one, first, the first question is, why am I on this wall, right? 
I mean, really, from the beginning, why is Humpty Dumpty on this wall, right? And then the second question is, why did he fall off, right? Because the nursery rhyme never explains that. We just know that he fell off, right? And then, what happened after that? Because we never find out. It just says all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But we have no idea what happened. I'm here to tell you, I want to tell you six things that happened after Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. So, number one, embrace your failure. God sees it all. How many of you know that in our lives, we have situations that come up and we fall, right? Sometimes we fall flat on our face and there's shame, there's guilt, there's things that come with us falling, right? There's things that happen in our lives that we don't want to tell anybody else because we're ashamed of it or we feel guilty. But the Bible actually tells us to embrace our faults, to embrace who we are, amen? Let's remember that we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to do things wrong, right? We're not going to be perfect. If we were perfect, we wouldn't need Jesus. But because of Jesus and because of who we are and, and operating in a fallen state, operating in this world because of what Adam and Eve did, we're going to fall. That's just what happens. So we need to embrace our failures. And when we do, and we begin to understand and realize that all of us have faults, all of us have failures, even me, yes, even me, yes, (laughs) I have things that I fight with every day, amen? And if we were honest with ourselves, all of us do, right? All of us have things that we struggle with. All of us have things that we just constantly, even when we try and give it to the Lord, how many of you know it's so easy to walk back and pick that right back up? Why? Because it was familiar to us. It was very familiar to us. And sometimes that's who we are. Amen? You know, I was talking with a couple last night, and uh, they said sometimes, you know, we don't realize it, but we pick up things from our childhood, and we walk around with extra appendages connected to us. Amen? An extra arm hanging up over our head. Amen? We have different things that are hanging on to us that we don't even realize that's there. You know? But God, in His mercy and grace, begins to help us. And if we can just embrace those failures and realize that we're all not perfect, we're all going to be okay, Jesus is in control, and if we just give that to him and begin to embrace that, man, as pastor's been teaching lately, we're all sinners, amen? We all have tough times in our lives, right? We all have tough times that come up, but praise God, we know that we can turn all those, those hard times to Jesus, and he'll help us. Praise God. Let's go to number two, Robin. Know your God-given purpose. See, Humpty Dumpty, he had a purpose. All of us here in this church have a purpose. We have a reason why we're here. God's given us a destiny and a desire to know him. Every one of us, no matter who we are, no matter where we come from, we have a God hole on the inside of us. And only God can fill that hole. And that purpose, when we begin to accept Jesus into our heart and we begin to live for him, all of a sudden that all becomes clear. We, we have a, a vision that used to be so foggy and we couldn't even see where we were going. But once we get saved, all that fog begins to clear as we develop in our relationship with God. And he begins to show us that we have a purpose and a plan. 
So Humpty Dumpty fell. Humpty Dumpty fell apart. But you know what? King Jesus came along. Amen? And he began to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Now, I have something here that might be a little dramatic for some of you. But I want you to understand where I'm heading with this, okay? Let me make sure I got the right side here. Nope. It is... Of course, I put the one I needed first in the middle. So, all right. So I have here... Let me see where... I, oh, and it's on the back side here. I have here a vessel, okay? And every one of us are created to be a vessel, right? Now, what I'm going to do, I was hoping that if I drop this vessel, it'll break on the floor. But I don't know if that's going to happen, so I got a little bit of help, okay? Each one of us are a vessel, right? And I have a vessel here. It's just a normal, everyday pottery vessel, okay? And every one of us, when we're first born, we're a vessel. We can be either a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor, right? That's what God calls it, right? But each one of us are a vessel. And we have a choice in our lives as we grow whether or not to be a good vessel or a bad vessel. But in that choice, God's in the middle of all that. And each one of us in our lives has been broken. We've been abused. We've been hurt. Our vessel has been torn apart. It has cracks in it. All right? So let me see if this is going to work first, okay? I want to make sure I keep it in the bag. Is everyone watching, right? Nope. See? That's why I had the hammer. <laughs> so each one of us are vessels, right? Each one of us are broken. And that's how we come to God. Believe it or not, each one of us comes to God just like this. Life has broken us. Life has torn us apart. And we've ran to different things in our lives, whether it be drugs, alcohol, addictions, all kinds of things in our lives to cope with this happening. And until we run to Jesus, this is how we stay. We stay broken, torn apart, busted, and not knowing what to do. It's exactly who we are, like Humpty Dumpty, completely torn apart. How do we fix that? How do we begin to fix our brokenness? The only one that can fix that completely and totally is Jesus. King Jesus is the only one that can come to Humpty Dumpty and put him back together again. Let's go to number three, Robin. Enjoy the God moments. Once you begin to develop a relationship with God, there are God moments that will come into your life. He'll begin to show up in amazing ways. Because that's who He is, He'll begin to put us back together in a way that we never thought possible, in a way that we can't understand. He'll begin to show us who we truly are and what we are capable of when He begins to put us back together. Amen? But He's the only one that can do it. Our life will remain broken until we come to Him. 
And those God moments that come into our life, pastors talked about it many times, those God moments are those encouraging times where God begins to do awesome and incredible things in our lives, whether it be a miracle, whether it be just touching our heart and him making himself so real to us that we're like, I know there's a God. I've experienced God, and I know what it means to be in his presence. I know what it means to have a God experience. And I'm sorry, but any man with experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. I don't care how much you try and argue with me that there is no God. There is a God. Amen? Why? Because I've experienced him. I've seen the miracles that he can do. I know what it means to have his presence and his power hit my life and change me forever. I'll never be the same person. Why? Because of God moments in my life. And if you can think back to a time when God began to move in your life, you know those God moments. You know when he touched you. And you cannot, cannot fall to the mercy of a person who's trying to argue you that there is no God. It'll never happen. Amen. Praise God. God moments are incredible. And they'll change us. There's many in my life, and you guys have heard my testimony here. You know what happened in my life. You know how God has moved, how he's brought redemption back into my life. And my life was nothing. It was falling apart. And I was constantly looking for other things to fill my life. But then God showed himself real unto me. And when he did that, when he did that, I understood what unconditional love was in a way I never did before. No one can take that away from me. No one. Amen. Praise God. Let's go to number four, Robin. Set small and reachable goals. How many of you know that when you become saved, all of a sudden everybody in a church wants to tell you how to live as a Christian, right? Everybody wants to tell you, well, you know, now you got to sit down, you got to pray for three hours. You got to read at least five chapters a day or else you're not saved, right? That's pretty unreasonable, isn't it? For someone who's newly saved, right? Someone who's starting to get their life together. Someone who God is beginning to work and and fix that vessel on the inside of you, right? So set reasonable goals for yourself. Maybe it's praying for five minutes a day. Maybe it's reading your Bible five minutes a day. Doesn't have to be five chapters, but let's start somewhere. Amen. Praise God. Let's set reasonable goals for ourselves. Let's not get overwhelmed by everybody telling us, now you got to stop drinking. Can't show up where you used to show up. You can't talk that way anymore. Amen? That's the Holy Spirit's job. That ain't my job. Amen? Let the Holy Spirit do that, and he will. As long as you're submitted to his voice and and allowing him to work and fix that vessel, he's going to do it. Amen? But set reasonable goals. You know, don't listen to the chatter, but listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen? He'll tell you what you need to do. Praise God. Number five, celebrate the small breakthroughs. How many of you guys know that we do have small breakthroughs in our lives, right? I remember when I got radically saved, I used to cuss a lot before that. And then when I got radically saved, it was like all of a sudden I look back and I didn't cuss anymore. I didn't even notice it. I'm just like, you know what? I don't do that anymore. It just kind of just disappeared, right? Well, that's a great breakthrough, amen? And then all of a sudden, I was like, I was getting more of a hunger for the word. 
So I was like, you know, maybe instead of reading the Bible for five minutes, I wanted to learn more. Well, that's a, that's a nice breakthrough, amen? And then you start to realize, you know what? I don't have a desire to do this anymore. And it just kind of fell off. You didn't even realize it. It just kind of disappeared. You didn't have a desire to do this or to do that anymore. Amen? God began to break through in your life and change things. Repair that vessel that was broken, right? He began to, oh, you know, I don't have a desire to smoke anymore. I don't have a desire to have just one beer anymore. These things began to fall off of your life. And the Holy Spirit is sitting there saying, look what I'm doing, right? Those are small breakthroughs in your life that need to be celebrated. Tell people around you what God's doing in your life. Tell your neighbor, tell your coworker, listen, I used to be like this, but you know what? That was six months ago. I'm not like that now. And that's exactly how we begin to, to um, win the lost and win those around us, right? The Bible tells us that we win or we overcome the enemy by what? The blood of the lamb and what? Word of our testimony. That's our breakthroughs, folks. That's the little things that God does in our life that we can share. Amen? People will see a difference in your life if you submit yourself to God. And they'll begin to even ask questions. What happened to you? Even your eyes are brighter than they used to be. You used to walk with your head down. Now you walk with your head up. They'll see those things. And they'll begin to ask questions. And if they don't, tell them anyways. Amen? That's the way we win other people to Christ. Our little breakthroughs, our testimonies about what God's doing in our lives. Amen? Let's go to our last one, Robin. Have faith in God. How many of you know that as we develop in our relationship with God, the Bible tells us that our faith starts out as what? A mustard seed, right? It starts very small. So that's where it starts out as. The Bible tells us to have faith in God. So as we have faith in God and we begin to grow in our faith, as we begin to trust Him in things in our lives, then we begin to see that He's working in us, right? How many of you know that's not just for us? That's for the world around us too. Amen? As God begins to heal us, as God begins to touch us, as we get little breakthroughs, as we have little moments with God, and Humpty Dumpty, when he's sitting there all broken and busted up, and King Jesus comes by, begins to patch him up, and begins to put him back together, he sees these little breakthroughs begin to happen in his life. And all these little things begin to take place. Then we see, even in our own lives, as our vessel begins to come back together, that our faith grows. And then we can trust Him, not just for us, but for those around us. How many of you guys know that if you get healed of something, that becomes a great thing on the inside of you, right? If God heals your back, which He did me, if God heals my back, I have faith to heal other people now with their back issues. Why? Because God did it for me. And trust me, if He can do it for me, He can do it for everybody, amen? And that's where it works. That's where it begins to happen. That's where your faith begins to grow in those areas. Amen. So let's go to our first scripture verse, Robin. And it's in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 5 through 13. But I want to concentrate on just one scripture, and that's, or one verse, and that's verse 7. And it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Amen? Now, of course, 
Samuel was going to anoint one of Jesse's sons, but he had no clue who it was. So he sees the biggest and strongest there. And the first thing he says, that has to be him. He's the biggest and strongest of Jesse's sons, so he's got to be the one. And then that's when God says, don't judge by his height or appearance. See, we look on the outward, but God looks on the heart. Each one of us here, if we have a heart for God, and we have a hunger for God, and we have a desire to serve him, he doesn't look at our appearance, our outward appearance, how big we are, how strong we are, how charismatic we are, how funny we are. You know, he looks at our heart and our desire to what? Get close to him, amen? To form a relationship with him. And that's what he looks at. That's why David, when he came on the scene, they were like, who, is there anyone else? I mean, I looked through the six sons that you have here, and none of them was who God was talking about. Do you have any other sons? Yeah, I got David, but, you know, he's my sheep watcher, man. It, he's, I mean, who is he? He's not a warrior. He's not a, and, you know, Samuel was like, well, go get him. We're not going to eat until I see all your sons. So, of course, David shows up on the scene, and God right away says, that's him. That's the man. He didn't look anything like a warrior. He didn't look anything like anyone could pick him and say, he's going to be the one that's going to rule Israel. Amen? But God saw it. Why? His heart. While he was out on the backside with those sheep, he sang songs to God. He had a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Back on the backside of the desert taking care of sheep. Amen? He learned what it meant to care for those sheep. He learned what it meant to kill the lion. He learned what it meant to kill the bear when they were coming after the sheep. And God says, my children Israel are sheep, and I need a shepherd. And David's the one that's going to take care of them. Amen? So when we get an opportunity to share our gospel with someone, Pastor said it very clearly last week. He said, don't ever leave someone out. If you think that someone is, is at one time serving God or you think they're just so bad, I'm just going to brush them off, God might be looking right at their heart and saying, nope, that's the one. That's the one I'm going to use to change a nation. That's the one that I'm, I'm going to use to change an island. That's the one I'm going to use to change a country. Amen? We don't know. We have no idea where it's going to go, right? We have no idea where God's going to take us. Praise God. So we have to be very careful that we don't look at people on the outward, but look at their heart. Amen? Praise God. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the next scripture, Robin. And it's in Jeremiah 18, 2 through 4. It says, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his will. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he re reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. How many of you know that in our lives, we are just like this piece of pottery, right? But God can take that piece of pottery and he can rework it and turn it into something that is amazing and beautiful and wonderful, right? Amen. Praise God. Let's skip down to um, uh, Kins Kintsugi. I think is how you say it. Kintsugi. Kintsugi, folks. I was looking and I'm like, okay, God, how can I put this together in a way that we can understand it? Amen. This is actually an art and practice that takes place in Japan. It's called kintsugi. 
And it's the Japanese art of putting broken pottery pieces back together with gold. And then it says, built on the idea that embracing flaws and imperfections, you can create an even stronger, more beautiful piece of art. That's our God, folks. That's what God does. And He's not cheap. He puts us back together with gold. Amen? He is not cheap. And He knows what He's doing. And I saw that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's my God. My God will put me back together with precious metal. He'll put me back together the way He wants to. And it'll be with gold. It'll be with silver. They actually, when I did a little more research, they don't only just use gold. They'll use silver. They'll use platinum. They'll use any kind of precious metal they can find to put that pottery back together. My God, sometimes we use diamonds. Amen? (laughs) He'll use whatever He can to put us back together. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I have another piece of pottery here. That now this this was my own doing, as you can tell, it's not perfect. But this is what we look like when God is finished with us. Amen. Not completely finished. But this is him putting us back together. You see all the flaws. You see all the imperfections. Sometimes you even see the scars. Amen. Because the scars are there sometimes. But here it is. This is what God does, amen? This is how He puts us back together with gold on the cracks. Now, of course, that's fake gold. But this is a good example, right, of how God will do it. He'll put us back together. There's still some holes. How many see some holes there? But this is the process that He takes us through, amen? He begins to put us back together. Praise God. Hallelujah. I just want to pause for a second. I don't want to get ahead of myself, amen? But I want that to sink in. That when God begins to put us back together, it's not all about how good we are or what we are as a person, but it's who Jesus is on the inside of us, right? Paul said that it's no longer I that lives, but what? Christ that lives in me, right? The hope of glory. Paul said, I crucify my flesh daily, right? And I understand that my flesh needs to be out of the way so that God can do what he needs to do. In our lives, many times when God begins to put us back together, we forget the times when he put us back together, amen? And we begin to think it was me that did that, or now I can handle it on my own, And the Bible tells us even, Paul said, I mean, at one point in time you were living for God, you were doing great for Him, and now you've turned back to your old ways. You've turned back to doing things in the flesh. You're trying to do it on your own now. Amen? But that's not where we want to be at. Praise God. We want to be in the presence of God. We want Him to continue to work on us. And and, and we are broken and busted and, and we have cracks and failures. We have things in our lives that God continues to work on us. But did you know that as that vessel begins to be put back together, as that vessel, God begins to work on that, we are not eliminated and we are not less than what we need to be. Amen. 
because now we're the vessel in the potter's hand and God is creating us and building us into a new vessel. So that vessel that we see in front of us that is being put back together, we have a right to go out and tell others about how good God's been to us. We can't sit here and continue to just allow allow God to work on us and we have to wait until we're complete before we go out and tell others. No, we need to do that now. Amen? We need to let others know about what God's doing in our lives now. Because I, I hate to tell you folks, we'll never be perfect here on this planet Earth. We'll never arrive. We'll never, God will never be done working on us as an imperfect vessel. Amen? We'll always be on a potter's wheel as long as we're here on this Earth. So we'll always have imperfection. We'll always have holes. We'll always have things in our lives. Praise God. Um, if the ushers could get ready, Monty, I want you to... I have another thing I want to hand out to you guys today. It's going to take a little bit. And while they're doing that, I want to tell you a story. And this story has to do with me. And some of you have heard this story and some of you haven't. But it's about when I had pretty much given up on serving God. And I wasn't really going to church, wasn't really serving Him. And uh, I went to a different church because I had just gone through a divorce And the Bible tells us that when we have tough times come into our lives, the Bible says that Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and the crowd, and he said, there is a stone that the builders rejected, and anyone who falls on that stone will be broken, but anyone the stone falls on will be ground to dust. And of course, Jesus was talking about us and the Pharisees. And the Pharisees, that stone fell on them and ground them to dust, right? But I believe wholeheartedly that there comes a point in each one of our lives where we fall on King Jesus, amen? And he breaks us. And he says, now I can use you. Now, because you've got your pride out of the way, you've got yourself out of the way, you've got who you are out of the way, and you're thinking out of the way, and now you've fallen on the rock, Christ Jesus. That, that stone that the builders rejected is now the king of your heart. Well, this happened back in, in March of 2016, folks. I was completely alone by myself. I already went through my divorce, and, and I started having chest palpitations. And I was actually, I had an extra heartbeat added to my heart. So I'm laying there in a hospital bed over here at Fairmont General Hospital before it got changed to regional. And I'm all by myself in an emergency room laying on a hospital bed. And nobody was around. I was completely alone. And that's exactly how I felt. Completely alone. There wasn't a single person in the world who was there to help me. I completely isolated myself from my friends, my loved ones, everyone who cared about me. So I'm laying there in the hospital bed all by myself. And I cried out to God and I said, God, I'm here by myself and I need you in a way that I've never experienced you before. I know who you are. I've walked with you. I know I have a call on my life, but I'm completely 100% giving my life to you once again. And I'm rededicating my life right here. And you know what? There was no condemnation. There was no feeling bad. I felt the love of God come into my life like I never have before. It was this unconditional of, it's going to be okay, my son. Everything's going to be all right. I've got you. And from that point forward, I've walked with God and never turned my life back. Amen? And right after that, it was six months later, I met this woman on the front pew. 
And God began to restore my life. He began to restore everything that was taken from me, everything that was robbed from me. God began to restore. Why? Because I fell on that rock, Christ Jesus. And he broke me. And he said, now I can use you. Now I can take that pottery that that was completely busted and broken up. I'm going to reform it and fashion it into who I want you to be. Amen? Praise God. I have the gentlemen and the the ladies in the aisle. They're going to hand out something to you guys. And I want you to hold on to it until I tell you. Amen. Praise God. There's different colors. I don't know if you guys are interested in colors or not, but I think there's four or five different colors there. How many of you guys have ever seen these sticks before? You know what they are? Does anyone know where I'm heading with this? These glow sticks, when they're just sitting there like that, they don't really do anything, right? What's the first thing you have to do to glow stick to begin to make it work? You gotta break it. Right? You gotta break it. And what's the second thing you have to do to make it work? Shake it up. And then what happens? It gets bright, doesn't it? So let's everyone take those glow sticks and let's break them. Praise God. And let's shake them. Can you get it, Andrea? Don't have enough strength to break it. And Sammy, since you're right there, man, would you turn the lights out for me? I know it's not very dark, but look how much brighter it is, though, right? With each one of us with our glow sticks, right? Amen. Okay, Sammy, you can turn the lights back on, buddy. Thank you. That was just a little object lesson to let you guys see. When I was praying about this, the Lord dropped this into my heart. That each one of us are like these glow sticks. That when God breaks us and we go through a shaking in our life, our light shines brighter for the gospel. Amen? When God breaks us and we have a shaking going on in our lives, we shine the brightest. Let's go to that last scripture, Robin. Matthew 4, 14-16. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hid. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. We are like that light on a hill, right? We may not feel like we're anything, but when God breaks us and life shakes us, That's when our light shines the brightest. And it's not our light, amen? It's the light of Jesus shining on the inside of us, right? It's the light of Jesus that allows us to shine the brightest. So when things come into our life and the people around us begin to say, how are you still surviving? How are you still working? How is this still happening in your life? How do you still have a smile on your face when the light, when your life seems to be turned completely upside down? You can say, I'm like a glow stick. Amen? I feel broken. I feel shaken. But you know what? My light is shining brighter than ever before because I have Jesus on the inside of me. 
And it's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives on the inside of me. I am, as Pastor Parsley used to put it, a dead man walking. I am a zombie. Amen? I am a zombie for Jesus. I want you to keep those glow sticks, and I want you to think about this every time you get into a situation, every time you feel like life is breaking you, life is shaking you, you're going to shine your brightest when this happens, amen? Bible tells us that when we're weak, he's strong, right? Why? Because it's no longer me that's fighting. It's God in me that's fighting, amen? It's the light of Jesus that shines the brightest on the inside of me. So when these things begin to happen, we can trust God. That we can be like Humpty Dumpty and God's going to put us back together again. And not only that, but be a lamp shining on a hilltop for all to see. Amen? Let's not put ourselves under a bushel. Let's not try and hide our light because we're going through something. Amen? Or we feel guilty or we feel ashamed. No, man, let's let our light shine. Amen? Let's let the world see that even though we're going through stuff, that's what separates us from the world. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's keep those glow sticks handy. And even if our glow stick goes out, which they said it's about 12 hours, it'll go out. If you feel like you need another one, get another one. Break it. Remind yourself. Amen. Praise God. And then we're going to end up like this. Eventually, God's going to take that gold. God's going to take those scars. And we're going to end up whole again. Amen. We're going to end up a whole vessel. And that light that's going to shine in this is going to be bright for everyone to see. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come in Jesus' name. And we thank you and praise you for today, Lord. And we thank you that we know that each one of us is a vessel, a vessel of honor, a vessel that you want to use, Father. And even Timothy, when Paul spoke to Timothy and said, you know, we are meat, uh, for the master's use, we are vessels of honor to hold the glory of God, to hold the anointing of God, to hold the love of God. And Father, I know that as you complete the work in each one of us, as you do what you said you're going to do, we are going to shine the brightest. We are going to be those who say, no matter what happens in my life, I'm going to stand up for Jesus. I'm going to stand up for who I am. I'm going to believe that no matter what happens in my life, I will not fail, but I will overcome in the name of Jesus. I will not stop. I will not give up until the whole world knows that Jesus is the Savior of this world, and I will finish the work that God's called me to because he is the author and finisher of my faith in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I was supposed to be a prayer, but man, I got my preach on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Because he is the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. And he will complete the very things that he promised in our lives. He will. There's redemption in Jesus Christ. And whether we feel like we're at the end of the road and we feel like we're, we're done and we're finished. I love Tony and Richard here. They're, they're, they're retired. They're in their 60s. But you know what? They're like, we're not done. We're leaving California. We're coming here and we're going to start something new. Amen. That's how I feel. I'm not done. I might be 51 years old, but I'm not done. I'm just getting started, amen? 
I'm just believing God that the very dreams that he put on the inside of me, the very things that I've been expecting in my entire life are going to come to pass in the name of Jesus. He will finish it because he is the author and finisher of my faith. Hallelujah. Some of you here today, maybe you feel like you're that broken vessel. Maybe you feel like you're completely falling apart. And there's no way that you believe that you could be put back together. I'm here to tell you today, yes, you can. Jesus can come into your life and put you back together. Amen. Amen. If that's you, and you know for a fact that you have never accepted Jesus into your life, that you don't know what it means to be a whole vessel, that you don't know what it means to begin a work and, and, and give your life completely to Jesus, we're here to pray with you today. We're here to lead and, and help you to start a relationship with Jesus. So if that's you, I want you to come down here to the altar after the service is over and talk to me and Amanda, and we'll actually lead you in a prayer of salvation. If you're here today and you know that God's working on you, you know that God is, is beginning a work in, on the inside of you. He's beginning to put that vessel back together, but you've maybe run into a roadblock or maybe you've slipped back into some things. We're here to pray with you too. We're here to help you get through that. If you feel like you need to rededicate your life to Jesus today, we're here for that as well. We'll walk you through um, what it means to, to rededicate your life. And if that's you, and you know that maybe one point in your time in your life, you've accepted Jesus, but maybe you've walked away from that, and maybe you need him to begin to work on that vessel again, I just want you to raise your hand if you feel that way. If not, it's okay. Amen. Amen. Praise God. There's a couple people that know that I need a rededication. What I want you to do, if, if you raise your hand and you're serious and you want to come to the altar, when we close, I want you to come down here on this side of the altar then, and me and Amanda are going to pray with you. If there's anyone else here that you know that God is working on your vessel and you still have some holes, you still have some things that maybe you need to communicate with God about, I want you to come down on the right-hand side, your left hand, my right-hand side of the altar. I just want you to pray and ask God, God, what is keeping me from this? Why do I feel like when you know I, I, I pray or I read, things just don't make sense, or maybe you've hit a roadblock, something's happened, and, and you just need some time between you and God, you can come down here on this side of the altar. So, But if none of these fit anyone here, you're welcome to go, and we're going to pray, and we're going to release you. Amen? So, Heavenly Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name, and we thank you and praise you for this message today. We thank you, Father, that each one of us are vessels, um, vessels of honor, vessels that you want to use, Father. And, Lord, we know, even from the story in the Old Testament, if you can use a donkey, good Lord, you can use me. Praise God. We're just vessels willing vessels that say yes to you and, and no to the devil, no to the world, and yes to you. We want to be used in a mighty way. And Father, I just ask that that is the heart's cry of every person that's here today, that we want to be used by you, Father. So in Jesus' name, we thank you and praise you for today. We thank you for understanding and knowing that we may not be perfect, but we can be used by you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.